When you have a dream or vision that you want to become a reality, you have to ask yourself one important question. The question is, why not? Why not you? Why not now? What's the worst that can happen? What's the best that can happen? And why didn't I start sooner? It all boils down to why not? You can't have success and excuses at the same time. So on this episode, we're going to talk about what's holding you back from going after what you want and how to break through the excuses and get closer to the life of your dreams. Many of you know I am a huge fan of 2000s music and 2000s, early 2000s. I love 2000s pop. Growing up, one of my guilty pleasures was Hilary Duff. I love her music. I love her acting. If I were to ever have a movie based on myself, I'd probably fight for Hilary Duff to play me. I just love her personality and her music was awesome. It was just very uplifting and fun. Well, on one of my Spotify playlists, I was driving through and the song Why Not came on. And Why Not is just a fun, go for it, live your best life type of song. And when you hear it, the chorus basically says, why not take a crazy chance? Why not do a crazy dance? And I hear this, I hear those two main lyrics, and I think about TikTok because TikTok is full of people taking crazy chances, and doing crazy dances. And what I see on TikTok is a lot of people, as much as I used to laugh about TikTok or think it was just a waste of time, but I'm seeing a lot of people living their best life on TikTok and just basically giving out certain messages. You can find so much on there, certain content. You can find some informative posts. I have a good friend that does readings on TikTok, and she is also using her platform to do coaching sessions on healing their energy and just healing through some trauma. And she's got 25,000 followers on TikTok. I also was going through TikTok and I saw a very familiar face and it was my friend Addison. Addison used to do the same job that I did. She was based in another part of the world. I think she was based in Texas, if I'm not mistaken. But I see her, and she is promoting a product that saved money. I think she was promoting how to save money when booking hotels. Then I click on the account. She has 6 million followers. I also follow her Instagram and she's got a massive amount of followers on there. And what she does is she gives people tips on how to save money. And I hadn't seen her in over a year because that's how long it had been since I had worked with her. But I saw the familiar face. I saw all the hacks that she gives people on how to save money, what to look for when you're banking or selling a house. And I see that she's now a millionaire within the maybe two years that I've known her, she's now a millionaire and she's made her dreams come true by having a huge following on her social media platform. I also have another friend that's a podcaster that I connected with right when I started podcasting. We both started around the same time and she has an Amazon best-selling book that she promoted on her 80,000 followers on her TikTok account. So it is incredible to see how much success people that I've known just within the past few years and what they've built just through this app, TikTok, an app that I thought was just for millennials and Gen Z, even though I'm a millennial, but an app that I once wrote off as, okay, this is silly, to, wow, people are really getting their message across using this app. So many people are promoting their business through Instagram and TikTok. What once used to be a page people used for fun or to kill some time, there are people taking this, what most people find a distraction, and building a life out of this. And also they're changing lives out of this. They've got valuable information about saving money, managing trauma. There's meditations that you can find on social media and just advice that you can take 
and change your own life with it. And when I see this, I'm saying, okay, there's so many people close to me that have had success through podcasting, through social media. I can only ask myself, why don't I go for this? I even changed my TikTok account to kind of follow one of my own pipe dreams, and that is being an online chef. I wanted to be a food blogger, but I looked at that and I said, oh, it's a little saturated. There's a lot of people posting about their food, but I love cooking and showing off. And I have 94 followers, which is very dismal in TikTok world, but I love it. I love the engagement that I have. My recipes are not necessarily anything fantastic or fabulous. They're just me farting around in the kitchen. I love cooking because I don't really get to cook very often. I do a lot of traveling. I'm on the road a lot. So I generally have to find the healthiest food options when I'm eating out. But when I actually get to cook, it is so much fun. And of course, I want to share my recipes with everybody. And if I don't mind saying so myself, even though I don't really do anything really elaborate, most of the things that I'm sharing on there turn out pretty tasty. So I want to ask you, what is something that you are telling yourself about doing something you absolutely want to do? Do you think you're too old? The average following on TikTok is now 40 and 50 years old. Do you think that you don't have a certain characteristic? Do you think whatever it is you want to do, starting your own business, do you think it's too much work? It probably is a lot of work, but why won't you do it? And what if it doesn't work out? Okay, that, that's a logical question that crosses a lot of people's mind. But what if it does? And what is the consequence if it does happen? If you're going to have any negative consequences, are you going to lose friends? What will your family and friends think of you? Is it a secure decision? Now let's go back to the, what if you lose friends? What will people think of you? Anytime you're experiencing any time of per, any kind of personal growth, you're going to lose people in your life because there are people that are accustomed to a certain version of you. There's a lot of people in your life that only know a certain dimension about you and that's okay, but you're also going to gain people in your life. Think about instead of what do you have to lose, what do you have to gain by doing whatever it is that you want? This could be a business related decision. This could be maybe you want to take some time off work to travel, break into your savings. Maybe you want to start a blog Maybe you want to do a side hustle on top of your corporate job. You want to start working in real estate because there's a strong real estate market or you want to start a photography business. The world is meant to see your art. We're not meant to be just one dimension of ourselves. If you have a goal or a passion, chances are there are people that are meant to see it. My podcast, I honestly, and I I think I said this when I first started the show, I didn't know a lot about what I was doing. I didn't know much about how to edit. Almost every microphone that I've tried has given negative feedback. I record this a lot of times in a hotel room, in a closet, wherever I'm at, just to get the ample sound quality. I've created somewhat of a studio in my office. And sometimes I'll be moving around in my chair, taking a sip of water, and you'll hear that on the show, and I'll have to delete it out. But, you know, it's, it's all about the content. It's all about the message. And I'm still getting more and more listeners just by what I offer, even when I go after certain guests, because I have a lot to say, but I know there are other people out there that have a lot to say and have some inspiring stories to share. So when I go and ask people to be on my show, it can be a little intimidating and Nobody wants to face rejection. I am no exception to this. I just, I hate the thought of hearing the word no. And honestly, the whole time I've been marketing out my podcast and getting guests, I may have had one or two no's. I've also had people that I was supposed to interview and they end up standing me up. But I've gotten so many more yeses. And so many more people coming on here excited to share their stories and their businesses and give you guys free advice in whatever I'm talking about. Let's go back to when I first started the show. The show was called Budget Babe because all the research I did and every podcast class I did or that I took part in 
told me that I needed to niche down. I needed to find a niche and stick with it. And well, being the multi-passionate human being that I am, it was super challenging to niche down and find one thing to talk about and stick with it. And to be perfectly honest with you, there are so many people out there, just like my friend Addison, who have so many more financial and money-saving hacks that they can share with you that maybe my content and saving money was just me limiting myself and just falling in, trying to fit in, trying to do what has worked for everyone else. But what I find is when I'm just showing up, just recruiting people, just meeting a lot of people, certain guests, going out and networking, telling people that I have a podcast, when I'm just showing up, that is getting more impact. That is getting more listeners. And that is me having fun at what I am. So if you are somebody that is planning on making money, doing something you love, you might want to be the person that's painting murals downtown. You may be an artist that wants to design NFTs. They're artists out there that are making millions of dollars doing so. You may want to be an influencer or start a blog. You may want to travel more or do a traveling blog. You may want to do real estate, photography. You may even want to go back to school and change your career entirely, even though you're in your 30s and you're supposed to have everything figured out by now. Spoiler alert, most people in their 30s don't have everything figured out. They're either faking it or they're doing something in secret on the side to get whatever it is they want. But let's say you want to make a massive change. What excuses are you giving yourself? What is holding you back from it? What I am going to do is read through what I believe are some of the top obstacles, detours that people give themselves in getting to where they want to go. The first thing I'll share with you that I have learned a lot about myself and just about everyone else is the first thing that stopped me from getting what I want when, well, were limiting beliefs and feelings of unworthiness. Feelings of unworthiness and limiting beliefs kind of well, basically go hand in hand. Limiting beliefs are feelings of unworthiness. Limiting beliefs are being told that you're incapable. I had a lot of limiting beliefs around myself and what I could actually do. I basically spent most of my 20s and some of my 30s in survival mode, just doing what I was expected to do. I had the college degree. I got the college degree. I got the full-time job. I got the full-time job. I got other jobs just to be able to have money to travel, go to concerts, and have a cushion, have savings. I am able to live by myself, have a three-bedroom house that I rent out. I was out, I made myself social, I attended certain events, made certain friends, I do the dating thing. I do what people expected me to do. And to me, that's, that's not really living, that's surviving. It's really, it, it, it took me in my early 30s to ask, so I have a great job, I have great friends, I love where I live, but I had to ask myself, am I really living or am I just surviving? There, when it comes to your passion, most people, it seems, are living. And in the year 2020, I know me and, or just, not just me, but a lot of my friend group, they realized they wanted something more. A lot of people that I interview on my podcast had successful careers in the corporate world, but realized they wanted something more. My friend Carly, her dry shampoo business, I had her on the show back in November. She just started her business. It sold out. She had a very successful career in a marketing agency, but she wanted something more. Bobby, who I had on my show last week, he was barely surviving. He was in addiction, in nasty cycles of addiction. He really wanted something more. You hear it in almost every episode. 
people. They had everything. They had the families. They had the great house. They had the great job, but they wanted something more. And to get something more than what you have, you have to stop following the crowd. You have to stop having these limiting beliefs and you have to feel worthy of it. If you want to be a best-selling author or have a successful Amazon business, if you want to hit seven figures, you have to know that you're worth hitting that. And I do think a lot of limiting beliefs, they come from our education system. Growing up, we're taught to fit in. We're not necessarily taught to stand out. We're taught to do what's like. We're taught to we're taught to function, if you know where I'm getting to. And I'll just say my experience with the education system was, and I know this is going to be a controversial thing to say, and this wasn't my full experience. I had a lot of teachers that did encourage me to think critically and did believe in me. But what I remember growing up was being that creative person, being the person that wanted to have fun, being the person that also kind of kind of read ahead of everything. So before I entered kindergarten, I was able to read. I didn't talk until maybe it was three or four, but the thing is, I just didn't want to talk. Believe it or not, I'm a natural introvert. I remember because I didn't want to talk to a preschool teacher, I got locked in another room in a closet because that was being seen as misbehaving, but I didn't really want to talk to her because I had nothing to say. I just wanted to color. That's all I wanted to do. Before I entered kindergarten, I was already reading. I knew my ABCs, my one, two, threes. I knew addition, subtraction. I think the first time I ever remember learning something new in school, learning a new skill was third grade doing long division and multiplication beyond the basic times table. And for that reason, since I kind of went in knowing the things that they were teaching already, it it caused me to be really bored and it caused me to act out. But instead of it being brought to my attention that I wasn't being challenged enough, I was constantly scolded by teachers for not paying attention because if I already know what's going on, my mind's going to wander somewhere else. I can't even really watch TV that much because, yeah, there's some shows that I'm really engaged in. And there's sometimes I'll watch the beginning of a show. I tried to watch Shit's Creek because everybody loves it. And it didn't interest me. I was just like, oh, this is, this is dull. I've seen this before. I've seen this before and it was a totally different show. But that was something that happened to me in school is my mind would constantly wonder. I struggled to pay attention. I was told that there was something wrong with me, that I had a disorder. That really wasn't the case. Even though I say that I'm self-diagnosed ADHD, I have trouble focusing, I was never fully diagnosed with it. But because I struggled to pay attention, I was made to feel dumb. I had teachers tell me that I was misbehaving, that They were losing faith in me, that I wasn't applying myself. And even my classmates, they picked up on the teachers getting mad at me for not paying attention and assuming that I was just dumb, that I was just stupid, that I was incapable, that I wasn't doing anything. I'll never forget specifically in sixth grade. And if you're my sixth grade teacher and you're listening to this, I'm sorry. Notice I'm not saying your name, but... She used to fuss at me and scream at me every day for not paying attention. She even went off on a student and called him dumb because he got a pencil stuck in the electric pencil sharpener. She was very frustrated. She had a lot of things going on outside of school, I'm sure, that she kind of took out on the students. I even heard her yelling at my best friend Scott walking down the hall, screaming at him because he rolled his eyes at her. I mean, we're sixth graders. We're going to misbehave. But she would harp on me and say, you're not paying attention. I guess you don't want to pass the standardized test that we're taking at the end of the year. The standardized test, I think is called the literacy passport. You don't want to pass that, do you? I guess you just want to fail and you want to fail a grade. I would still do well in her class. I made B's, sometimes C's, but she just scolded me and got mad at me and was probably offended that I struggled to pay attention. I knew what prepositions were before I learned about them in her class. I knew how to read and write. My dad was an English major. So whenever I 
was in her class, though, she would constantly fuss at me if she could tell I wasn't paying attention. Here's the kicker. The test that she was worried about me not passing, I had the highest score of everyone in the sixth grade. I showed my classmates and they were all shocked and excited for me. Never heard a word from her about me having a nearly perfect score on that test. The one thing that she was worried about and fussing at me over, I exceeded at. I excelled at. And the unfortunate thing was, and it wasn't just her, but this narrative I had with teachers being concerned about me and worried about me not being able to pay attention and farting around in school and wanting to be the class clown because I was bored. They had me feel like I wasn't going to get anywhere. They would put this fear in me. Oh, you're not going to graduate from college. Or if you don't know algebra, if you don't excel at algebra, you're not going to do well. And I got by. I was an average student in high school. But in college, I ended up graduating with two majors and a minor. Well, because I was engaged in college. And at that time, I had nailed being able to focus. But I graduated with honors. They were worried about me not going anywhere in life because I struggled to pay attention and I don't like to sit still for an hour. I just don't. I do a lot of, when I work from home, I'll do something for an hour. I'll get up and walk around, fix myself a snack. I make sure I work out every day so I get some energy out to get the endorphins going. That helps me focus better, but I I don't like sitting still and listening for something for an hour. That's why it's really hard for me to find TV shows that I really enjoy. I am a book person, but a book person, I get to create my own story, my own visions as I'm reading the books. So it's a little bit different there. But going my whole life with people being worried about me and thinking that I was incapable had caused me to have these limiting beliefs about myself that I wasn't worthy of mass amounts of success, that I wasn't going to go anywhere because I couldn't pay attention. Even when I was growing up, all I really wanted to do was be an actress. I really wanted to entertain everybody. And even remember sitting in my room crying one night in high school, realizing that I didn't have the connections to be an actress. And Yeah, it was possible it could happen, but most likely the odds were against me in being famous and getting paid to make people laugh and entertain them. What I didn't realize is some of my close friends were going to do this, were going to make their dreams come true using social media platforms. When I was in college, social media was solely, we had MySpace, so I'm basically aging myself on this one. We also had Facebook, but that was just to communicate with your friends, to see what your friends were up to for status updates, or to see if they were dating somebody, to see what their interests were. You just had a short snippet of who that person was. You took quizzes. It was a fun way to get to know each other, but I think it's also responsible for maybe not fully knowing each other, maybe knowing a certain dimension of each other. But Here I go digressing again. What I'm getting to is I didn't realize these platforms would be available to me. I didn't realize podcasting would be available for me to come on here once a week and tell you guys what I think and interview amazing guests. I got voted most likely to host my own talk show in a superlative that we did in college. And there was actually a superlative on MySpace. You can select who was most likely to host their own talk show. All my friends picked me. Little did I know this was going to be available to me. And I was able to host my own talk show with so many people, people who are millionaires, people who have fought addiction, people who are life coaches, people who have essentially made their dreams come true. And they were able to do this with social media. So whatever limiting belief that you have about what you want Find a way. Don't find any more excuses. Find a way to get to where you want to go. So what I'm going to need you to do first is to find that limiting belief and challenge it. What limiting beliefs do I have about myself? Then ask why you have this limiting belief. Where did that come from? Did it come from being 
a child and getting fussed at for not paying attention? Did it come from people telling you that you needed to marry rich? A lot of women growing up were born playing Barbie and Ken, told them that they had to get married and have kids. That's what they're supposed to do. Is that really what you want? Or do you want more out of life? Or do you want to be a best-selling author? You could do it all if you want to. But ask yourself why you have that limiting belief. Then what I want you to do is sit there in silence, find a place where you won't be interrupted, close your eyes, take a few deep breaths, basically go into a meditation. Then imagine yourself, the grown-up version of yourself, going back to that memory as an inner child and somebody giving you a limiting belief or having a limiting belief and tell that inner child that this belief may have come from a well-meaning person or a well-meaning ideal, a sense of security. Maybe this belief that they have about themselves is a way to protect them from failure or protect them from rejection, but tell them, say, hey, I understand why you feel this way, but guess what? You can still be a millionaire. You can still do what you want to do. There will be a way. You're just going to have to find that way and stick with it. Put yourself on the map. So whatever limiting belief it is you have about yourself and your subconscious, if you think you're unworthy of finding a romantic partner, if you think that you're not going to be able to make the amount of money that you want to make, figure out where that limiting belief come from. Go to yourself, vision yourself, kind of the adult version of yourself, going to that younger version of yourself saying, hey, this belief comes from a source of trying to protect you or trying to keep you from getting disappointed. But guess what? It can still happen. So just have that visualization. It usually works for me in breaking through some limiting beliefs that I have. And also remember that you are worthy. You are worthy of what you want. We're taught, grown up, especially as women, to be humbled by any achievements that we have. And we're also taught to shrink ourselves. I find myself doing this subconsciously if I say, hey, I'm just letting you know, just, using the word just. One of my first guests, Nani Claisen, she said, when you say you're just, you're minimizing what you actually want to do. So stop using the word just. Don't apologize if you're not sorry. If somebody says, excuse me, or comes by you because you're taking up space, you don't have to be sorry for taking up space. Just say, oh yeah, excuse me. Or you're good, go on through. If somebody comes by you in the grocery store and has to get by you, and they say, excuse me. All right, yeah, go on through. You say it back friendly. Don't say you're sorry because you don't have to be sorry for taking up space. There's a lot of things women are taught to apologize for that we really don't have to apologize for. So be conscious of that. I watched this interview, and the reason I sparked this point is I watched an interview with Maya Blahnik. She played Amy Farrah Fowler on Big Bang Theory. She also had a hit show when she was a teenager. It's called Blossom. I never watched it, but I think it was basically like Clarissa Explains It All if I had to put it into a category. But Maya Blahnik is a neurologist. So she plays a neuroscientist on TV and she's actually real life that smart. She has a PhD and she was talking to Hoda and Jenna on Hoda and Jenna about what she wanted. And she said she had to start at an eight. And what that meant was most men that she are in the same field that are being film directors, they go and they say, guess what? I've got this brilliant idea and I want to show this to you. And She saw a lot of women going to it and saying, you know, I don't know. Should I do this? What do you think? What do you think? You think I should do this? And she said, you have to go in at eight with confidence. And you have to go in. And she said, you know what? I wrote this piece. I directed it. And I wish I remember what the piece was, but I just saw the snippet. But she went in and said, yes, I have this work. I want to show this work and I want to direct it. I want to be the boss of it because guess what? This is my work, and I want to make sure it's put out the way that I intended to. I was really inspired by that, and I said, I definitely want to include this in the show. But yeah, a lot of times as women, we feel bad for wanting the things that we do. We feel bad for wanting the success. Why do we deserve that? Even growing up in a church environment, there were some good intentions there, but I would say if I wanted something, say I wanted to start a blog, well, how does that serve God? Or how does, 
how is you making six figures a year? How do you serve God by making six figures a year? Well, if you're making this much money, you should also take time to serve your church or you need to, you know, do what God's calling you to do. And yes, that comes from a good intention because God does want to use you to, and this is not to get on a religious hiatus, but God does want to use you to do things for other people. We are here to serve others, but I also believe that God wants us to serve ourselves. He's given us the gift of life so we can get the most out of it. So stop telling yourself that you're selfish for wanting certain things in life. Stop telling yourself that you have to live a certain way. And that's another thing. We talk about the education system. It teaches us to be obedient. A lot of forms of religion and a lot of religious leaders teach you to be obedient. They don't necessarily teach you to think critically. And something I have that, with, that is an issue with the spiritual world sometimes, not necessarily the spiritual world, but just the religious world, is a lot of Christian writers, and the ones that I've read haven't, but they don't necessarily talk about self-love. They talk about being the Proverbs 22 wife to their husbands. They talk about, you know, loving God or, oh, God is calling me to go on this trip and serve people or he's calling me to say this to somebody. But they get so caught up maybe in the service aspect of things that it, I don't know, I feel like religion never fully challenged me to figure out, I would figure out what my purpose was, but figure out what lights me up, what makes me happy. And I truly believe that if I have a desire to do something, there's a reason I have that desire. God gave me the reason, he gave me the desire to start this podcast for a reason. I truly believe that. Another way we limit ourselves is by the expectations we set around the goal that we have. And this is just an example. I was watching a it's Modern Millie on YouTube and she talks about her Instagram page and how she was able to monetize her Instagram and her YouTube videos. And she said that a lot of people that she coaches feel like they need over 100,000 followers or a million downloads on their podcast to think that they are successful at what they do, or they need to make a certain amount of money. The reality is success is not going to necessarily happen overnight. You have to keep showing the universe that you're consistent at what you want. You have to keep showing up. One of my favorite podcasters, for example, Angie Lee, she hosts a podcast called Ready is a Lie, or it's called The Angie Lee Show. You can find her either way. She's also the CEO of My Soul CBD. She said when she first started her podcast, she was recording it on her iPhone, didn't know anything about editing or technology. She also said she didn't have a whole lot of listeners. Now she gets millions of downloads. Myself, I first started Budget Babe, the Budget Babe podcast where I talked about saving money and money hacks and how to grow your wealth. A few of, so I had maybe 10 downloads. A few of those downloads were maybe mine. I remember getting excited. I said, okay, somebody's taken time out of their day to listen to my show. I'm always trying to be grateful for what is around me. I've got over 6,000 downloads right now. I'm grateful for that. So 6,000 people have taken the time to download my show or to listen to it, all the unique listeners I have. And now I'm looking at possibly getting corporate sponsorships, selling this podcast. Some people, I know one of my other favorite podcasts, High Vibing It, they had corporate sponsorships shortly after they first started. Another one of my favorite podcasts, Harry Potter and the Half Drunk Podcast, being a huge Harry Potter nerd, I don't think they currently have sponsorships, but they've been going for years and they're making money selling merchandise around their podcast. So around podcasts or around whatever it is you want to do, you're not necessarily looking to make money, but you're building a massive community at whatever it is that you're doing. And I'll also say this, most of the entrepreneurs that I'm friends with they might break even the first year. They might even lose money in their first year. They had to take a giant step back just to go forward with the personal goals that they have. So 
the growth that you're going to see or the things that you want may not happen overnight. So the expectations you have, if you're not going to have 10,000 downloads on your first episode, that might be discouraging for you. But why did you want 10,000 in the first place? Why not focus on what you do have, the community that I have? Even though I don't know where my cooking kid in the kitchen TikTok, kid's my last name, that's why I chose kid in the kitchen. It's got 94 followers, 94 people, most of them are people I'm friends with, made that effort to follow my cooking account and to comment and engage with me as I'm cooking my favorite recipes. Just have fun along the way. I always like to say that instead of being a sprint or a marathon, you've heard the saying, it's a marathon, not a sprint. I look at getting to your goal as a hike, a through hike even, if you know, six month long hike, overnight camping trip. Whenever you're in a hike, you're not just focused on getting to the finish line of that hike. You're stopped. You make these stops. You stand on the peak of the mountain, enjoy the view. You admire the river. You may even see the little snake in the woods and you might be a little afraid of the snake, even though if you do your research on snakes, there's really not a whole lot to be afraid of. You just need to watch where you're stepping. You are enjoying the experience as you are there. You don't even remember the finish line as much as what you remember when you're on the hike. You're enjoying that view. That's what getting to your goal is for me. It is a hike. It's not a sprint or a marathon. It's a hike. You stop and enjoy what's around you. Don't just focus on the finish line as you are getting to it. Another thing that sneaks up on us, we'll go back to the feelings of unworthiness, is just, I feel like I just need to say this on the show, that, yeah, there's a lot of terrible things that are going on in the world, and sometimes people feel unworthy because of what's going on. They get caught up in the news. They get caught up in the negativity. And what I'm going to say to you is maybe find a news source that will briefly give you an overview of what's going on. You can do the morning brew. There's morning wire. There's the skin. Find ways to, to see the news as it is. Stay connected to what's going on. But you don't have to carry the weight of the world with you. Or if other people are struggling, that doesn't mean you have to struggle. Just remember that the world actually needs you to be the best version of yourself. My life coach, Kelsey, she says this. She says, the world needs you to live your best life. The world needs you to go for your goals because you can only help other people when you are happy. I'm going to say this again. You can only truly help other people when you're happy or when you have the life that you want. You have to live your best life to help other people live their best life. So yeah, don't focus on the negativity. Don't focus on what could go wrong. Instead of asking what could go wrong, ask yourself what can go right. Remember this as well. You are not going to change because of your success. There are a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows where people change when they become successful. The Double Wears Prada, you know, the Anne Hathaway's character, she becomes a total is Aunt Anna, Andy. I read the book years ago and I don't remember, but we find that when she became successful, finally got to be good at her job. She lost her friends and her boyfriend and everybody hated her and she was snooty. She was a bitch. We see an episode of Friends where Phoebe got successful and then she became a total bitch that they that success had changed them. Guess what? Success is not going to change you. Instead, you have to change to be successful. You have to change your habits, what you're focusing on, and how you see yourself to be successful. And you know what? You can be wealthy. You can be great at what you do. And you can still be kind-hearted. You can still be helpful. You can still be a good Christian and a successful person at the same time. That is something that you have to remember to conquer any limiting beliefs or feelings of unworthiness. Also remember and tell yourself, the world needs good-hearted people like you to be influential and to be powerful. Now we'll go into number three, something else that's probably stopping you from going after what you want is overall contentment. You're happy with where you're at. Why would you want to change? 
You don't want to fix what's not broken. And that's great. If you're at that point in your life where you're happy with what you have and you don't have any other goals, that, that is a good place to be. But in my opinion, that's not somewhere you want to stay. You may have a great job making decent money. You're able to afford the vacations that you want to go on. You've got enough time off. You've got a good community. But why, why, why would you want anything else? Why would you want another job? Or why would you want to go where the grass is? Why would you want to go where the grass is greener if your grass is already green? And what I have seen with people that are content with what they have, they either do what other people tell them they should want. They, okay, so they're happy with their jobs. They're happy with the life that they have. They're told that they need to get married and have kids to be happy. I've seen people fall into that trap. They let other people tell them what they should want to be happy. And when you get in that sort of contentment, you might be looking for outside opinions into what you need. Or you get content at what you're doing, and then you start looking at other people that are making decisions that you just don't think are rational or crazy. And what I've seen is if you're doing what is just logical and you're staying content, that can lead to boredom. That is why I didn't do so well in school because I went in, and it wasn't a bad thing, but I went in knowing how to read, doing basic arithmetic. I knew some things about history. History is actually my best subject because I was actually learning something new. Now, was I learning actual history or just the ABC standardized version in public schools? That's another topic for probably another podcast. But what my biggest problem was in school was I was not being challenged enough. I went in, even in my advanced classes, I went in already knowing. I read ahead. I was not excited about school. I would have applied myself more if I was excited about what I was doing. And the reason I say this is if you are happy with where you're at, if you're feeling content, maybe challenge yourself. Maybe do what you're doing. Do your corporate job. Find other solutions. Find other ways within your corporate job that you can share your company. Maybe you can help somebody else in your company do a better job or in a nice way. Just ask them what they're doing, what some of their best practices are. Just don't fixate on status. Don't fixate on a routine. If you're in a routine where you're doing the same thing every day, you're going to get bored. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting the same results. So what's going to happen is if you get into contentment, and this is kind of where I wanted to get at with it, is you're going to see other people taking risk. They may, you know, decide not to go on vacation because they're saving up to start their own business or they feel comfortable in their own skin. And they decided to leave corporate world to start a business as a freelance web developer. You're looking at that person and you're like, well, is she crazy? That, that's irresponsible. Or, man how does she make enough time to do that? Or she's going to have to cut back on her social life if she's going to go back to school and get her MBA. But what you're also seeing, if you're judging somebody for making a wild hair decision, you're most likely seeing someone that's passionate. So what I challenge you to do is instead of going for contentment, instead of getting by, instead of surviving, and you may be doing well at surviving, is to do something that's going to excite you. Never let yourself get content and never let yourself get bored. All right, so we have another reason. It's reason number four. It actually might be reason number three, but unlimited beliefs and unworthiness, we're kind of two in one. But this reason is something that I'm positive that you've experienced at one point in your life or another. What I find is that most of my listeners, most of my guests, and myself, we're all multi-passionate. We have many things that we're passionate about, many things we want to learn about, and many ways we want to apply ourselves. There's so many things that we give our life to. We give our life to, of course, you know, our friends and family. We give our lives to our job. We may have hobbies that we do outside of our work that we wish we had more time for. And sometimes we think that there's not enough time in the day. Time is the most limited resource that we have. But if you haven't experienced this, I guarantee that you will, and that is burnout. And what we find during the pandemic is that a lot of millennials, Gen Z, even other generations, boomers, 
found that they needed the break that the pandemic gave a lot of us. Unless you're a frontline worker, a nurse, an essential worker, if you are, thank you so much for showing up for us. But taking the time, you realize you needed to do that. I saw a lot of people that were executive levels in their career, in the company that they work for, and they left their job. They made a huge change because they realized they wanted to be at home with their families. And what also would have happened is they were burned out. They had done everything that they could have, or they were expanding themselves, spreading themselves thin to get to whatever they wanted to get to that they may have neglected things that were very important to them. And what I want to say is if you're having a pursuit outside of your nine to five job, chances are you're a multi-passionate person and multi-passionate people are more susceptible to burnout because we're giving all of ourselves to so many things. We're passionate about working out. We want to make time to work out and then we want to make time to do our jobs to give to our company what the expectations are. Multi-passionate people want to exceed those expectations. And then you've got your project, your photography business, your web development business that you're giving some of yourself to that. If you volunteer, if you're very active in your church, you're giving a lot of yourself to that. Or if you're taking care of you know, a child or an elderly person, you're giving yourself to that. You're passionate about everything. And what you're doing is when you're giving a lot of yourself away, sometimes you're going to pour from an empty cup. So ways to ways that I avoid feeling burnt out from doing the podcast, my full-time job, trying to stay active, taking classes, expanding my education, the things that I'm doing with my time is I have to make a list. I have my phone and I have my paper planner and I always put down what I'm going to do that day and by what time I'm going to do it. Now, sometimes I will delay things. I was going to record this podcast last night, but I was tired and I knew once I was tired from doing all the admin work with my full-time job and getting all my notes together, I knew that recording it, I was not going to be able to give the energy I wanted to give into the show. So I delayed it and putting the episode out late. But my point is, know what you're going to do in a certain day. If you want to clean your house, or if you want to do laundry, put laundry on the list. You're going to be able to use that time and make that time work for you. If for me, expanding my education, taking classes, I take courses, do that personal development, I do that every Saturday morning. I give myself a cup of coffee and I treat this as I would watching my favorite TV show. I fully engage myself. I fix myself a cup of coffee and I just enjoy the process of it. Yes, it's hard work taking courses, going back to school, but that hard work is worth it in the end because that is a gift that I'm giving to myself. I'm giving myself more information. So just Having a plan in general will help you avoid burnout and also boundaries. Have boundaries. Be able, get comfortable saying no. If you don't really want to do something or if there's something else you'd rather be doing, just say no. It's okay. They can find somebody else to fill in what they need you to do. Somebody says they need you to be there. They need volunteers for something. I know a lot of my friends who are moms get trapped into having to bake cookies for a bake sale or having to attend a PTA meeting, it's okay to say no. Say, hey, I'd rather give somebody else that opportunity or I have some other things going on. You don't have to tell them what that is. It's your decision at the end of the day. And if somebody is upset with you because they said no or because you said no, that's their crap, not yours. So don't even worry about it. Now I'm going to review the four things that might be stopping you from getting what you want. The first one was kind of a two-in-one. So limiting beliefs and feelings of unworthiness, they go hand in hand, but feelings of unworthiness can be a subcategory of limiting beliefs. So I want you to challenge your limiting beliefs. The second, also second or third, can be contentment. 
being already happy with where you're at. Why would you want change? Being happy with where you're at is actually going to make you resistant to change. And the fourth is going to be the feeling of burnout. You've already experienced burnout. You don't want to overextend yourself. The trick to that is making a plan and having strong boundaries. One challenge I have for you this week is to talk to somebody that is very successful at what they do. You can reach out to them on social media and ask what the greatest lesson that they have learned in their success. Or if you have a success story or an entrepreneur, I invite you to reach out to me through Instagram. We can set up a time to interview. Now, most of my time is weekends, nights, early mornings, just because I do have a corporate job, but reach out to me. And I would love to feature your story on this show. Also, to continue to support an independent podcast, go to Spotify, leave me a five-star review if you enjoyed this episode, or write a review on iTunes. It helps me out tremendously. Once again, I want to thank you for listening, and I hope you found this information very valuable. I also want to wish you all the success that you possibly want. You are listening to For Better Self and Net Worth. In this community, we think you'll find your self-worth comes before your net worth and everything else. We also think you were designed to go after the life you want by ditching societal norms, knowing exactly who you are as an individual and going after your unique purpose here on this earth. Every week, Ella interviews an entrepreneur that designed the life they wanted among the challenges, naysayers, and leaving outside their comfort zone. Or you're going to hear straight from Ella, where she talks about the important lessons she's learned in life and how she's achieved the overall happiness she has. This is Ella, the host for Better Self and Net Worth. Based out of Nashville, Tennessee, she makes every single day an adventure. You'll always find her right here behind the microphone, sharing all her thoughts with all of you. And we appreciate you listening and hope you enjoy this episode.